0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Real Estate Rundown with Shannon Robnett. I wanted to uh, take some time this morning and talk about uh, facts, talk about what's going on in our world uh, and how that pertains to real estate and what we can anticipate moving forward. I do want to start with the disclaimer that uh, I recently received my crystal ball, uh, but when I got it out of the box, I dropped it so it's on back order, but when I get my crystal ball back, these predictions, uh, we can check them and make sure that they're 100% accurate, but I want to just take us back through history, um, take us back through what life used to be like, some of you remember this, some of you don't, if your group, age group, invented the term social distancing and house hacking, you won't remember 1991 like I will, but the reality is, guys, that um, if we look back you know, we're, we're we're starting to hear the word recession thrown around quite a bit. Um, we've, we've had several bubbles. We've had the housing bubble uh, that led to the housing crisis that then led to the Great Recession. Uh, and in that Great Recession nationwide, we lost about 30% of housing values. Some areas were hit harder, like Phoenix and Vegas, um, losing more than half of their value. But the reality is, guys, that coffee break. Um, the reality is that that recession does not always mean uh, a drop in housing prices. And, you know, there's a couple of things that that aren't being considered or aren't being weighed properly. Um, I don't care who you are. You know that the news media is, will twist facts and, and shove bias around and do all kinds of stuff to, to make a good story. Uh, they will make a good tale to tell and uh, from there it, uh, it's up to you to decipher what's really being told in there um, and I think if we look back uh, I pulled up a chart here um, that you know w- we've got several things that, that we're dealing with and right now we've seen a, we've seen a phenomenal run in real estate uh, from the from the bottom uh, to now we've seen incredible growth. Um, but if we look back at what we need as a nation here in the U.S. for housing starts a year, we need somewhere between 1.3 and 1.6 million new houses built every year. Uh, and we need those just to keep up with the demand, with the population growth, uh, with the, um, houses that are becoming uninhabitable due to lack of maintenance need to be torn down. Um, you know, five houses taken down in a, in a, in a urban area, and a, an apartment building put up, you know, those kinds of things. But, but we need, um, we need that many. And, um, so we show that we are several million housing units short and i'm going to i'm going to read from uh, an article here in freddie mac uh the the that quotes that after nearly a decade of low levels of building housing stock is well short of what the united states needs in this insight we focus on the consequence rather than the cause our analysis shows that 370,000 fewer units were built in 2017 than needed to satisfy demand. The overall shortage ranges from a low of 0.9 million to a high of 4 million housing units as of the second quarter of 2018, depending on the assumptions. So we could be anywhere, according to Freddie Mac, we could be anywhere from 1 to 4 million housing units short. Now, if we go back and look at what happened in the Great Recession, 2006, we were coming up on historic levels of inventory. If you also go back and do a quick comparison to what else was going on at that time, uh, a lot of you guys might not remember, some of you might, but in 2007, we had interest rates of eight and a quarter. That was normal. Uh, I remember a term uh, or a phrase that, that mortgage bankers used to use when they'd call you, if it's under eight, don't hesitate, right? Because we had we had record number of houses. So the supply was high and we had an interest rate of eight and a quarter for your average mortgage. Now, no wonder people got creative, right? Because at the end of the day, the goal was to get people in houses. And so we had to find ways to do that. And so we got creative with our financing. Now, I didn't say that was the right thing to do. I just said, that's what we did, right? So when we look at bringing these things together, when we look at the reality of where we're at, we can also look at what has typically happened in a recession, okay? So, we've had uh, we've had a number of recessions. We had one in 80, uh, 87, um, we had one in the 90s, uh, we had uh, one in 97, um, so... We, we can begin to look at what we had. And I'm going to go to Zillow for this piece of information. Uh, and this was an article written back in August of last year, but it said, excluding the Great Recession, annual home value appreciation across all states since 1997 have averaged 4.6% during times of economic growth and 4% during recessions. So if you take out the great recession and you put that into context as to what that really was, that was an oversupply of houses and an uber creative, see, we didn't even have the word uber creative going together in the great recession, but that was that was getting creative on how people could buy those. The no-doc loans, the, the negatively amortizing loans, the no payment for a year loans. I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff that was going on and that was because we could see that we were getting into an area of oversupply, which should have led to naturally lower prices, but we got creative to consume that supply. Okay. So then we fast forward to now, we're in 2020. And where I live here in Idaho, we have less than one month's supply of residential housing for sale. Okay. Okay. A healthy market, according to the experts, Realtor.com, Zillow, those guys, they say that 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 needs to be at six months, okay? We currently have, uh, according to a statistic I read this morning, we currently have less than 350 houses on the market currently for sale in the greater Ada County area uh, in Idaho. And... That is not even one month supply of sales. Okay, this is new. This is used. This is this is everything we got that is currently listed on the MLS. And so, when you take that lack of supply, you take historic interest rates. I mean, uh, mortgage bankers locked in at the first of March. Uh, some refis at, in, in the threes. mortgages, people, for 30 years. So you're locking in 3%. Currently, you're somewhere between four and a half and five. As we know, the mortgage market in this week has just been all over the map, just absolutely all over the map. But at the end of the day, let's call it a four and a half percent interest rate. Here in Idaho, a nice three-bedroom, two-bath home can be purchased for about $250,000 for the sake of argument. Because I know I'm going to get some emails that say, hey, man, Where'd you get your data? Well, it's out there. Definitely, definitely out there. So $250,000 house at a 4.5% mortgage is going to run you about $1,275. If you look at that back in 2006, 2007, where you were rocking steady at an 8%, that same house was going to cost you $1,834. Okay, so we have 600 bucks there that's going to knock two thirds of the first time home buyers out of the market. So then you're going to have a tremendous amount of supply come online. But we don't see rates headed for eight anytime soon. In fact, we see the Fed cutting rates, adding to the confusion of how low can you really go. So, what I see is I do see a recession coming, but I don't see the recession involving real estate like most recessions don't involve real estate. Let me say that again. Most recessions do not involve real estate. So if you look at the one that happened in 2007, 2008, depending on your start date, that one was because of real estate. It was the subprime lending coming to to roost uh, the the mortgages that were negatively amortizing had done their business they were back they were coming coming to bear and people couldn't afford them people didn't understand them uh, and so when you look at what're we what where we're at as far as a period in time and everybody's everybody's questioning what in the world is real estate going to do well i'll tell you what real estate is likely to do it's going to shudder and it's going to shimmy as we all figure out what is happening next but Everybody I've talked to, deals are still closing. Deals are still falling out also. But that was happening three weeks ago and three months ago because everybody that can buy a house is trying to buy a house. We've got inspections that aren't getting, uh, there's, uh, there's items that the seller doesn't want to fix. So there's reasons to fall out. We're getting people that don't qualify. Uh, lender recently told me of a person that showed up at closing, all ex- extremely ecstatic uh, with a new car. And uh, that hit their credit. Uh, everybody looked at it, freaked out the day before, you know, uh, and, and, and that transaction didn't close because the person was rewarding themselves for buying a new house, buying a new car, but we didn't wait until the house was closed, right? So that one fell out. Fell out. So you're seeing all kinds of examples of, of things falling out of escrow, of, of things not closing, but Little of it has to do with the actual virus that we're dealing with on a a global basis, okay? So when we think about what's really going on, coffee break, when we take the time to truly process what is happening to our world, we realize several facts. We realize that we had an extremely hot real estate market. Before we discovered this virus, we realized that we had an extremely hot um, stock market and we'd had an extremely long run in upside, an extremely long bull market. Bringing those things together and, and putting those things out there leads us to a couple of conclusions. One is that we are still behind on the number of housing units needed to fulfill the needs of our nation, to fulfill the housing needs of our nation. Now, I want you to think about this. We've, we've been hearing a lot about kids being pulled out of school and, and, and uh, the crisis that's happening, proms being canceled, and that, that truly is disappointing. But think about how many high schools are in your area, how many high schools are around you, that have kids that are graduating, okay? And then of those kids that graduate, let's say a third of them leave the state to go to college. Let's say a third of them uh, stay at home and a third of them do what I did and that's stay in town but grab a roommate or two. Uh, There's your house hacking term, millennials. Grab a roommate or two and move to a new home and then live there in my area that means that come may we need probably 1200 homes somewhere between 900 and 1200 homes depending on how many roommates you stick in one uh to house those that are coming out of high school okay that's just that's just the natural progression the natural growth of of the 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 world that i live in okay your world can be different, and we're not going to argue that fact. We're just going to say that people graduate from high school, they move out of their parents' house, or at least their parents hope they do, and they move on with their life, and they require housing units. So so back to this point, we do not have an oversupply. We are undersupplied. In fact, if we continue to produce at the rate that we have, we would take six months to catch an equilibrium that would r- relate to normal real estate units available for sale. So that would mean that it would be sometime in June or July before we started to see a, a normalcy come to the supply and demand of just the purchases. That's if interest rates don't change. That's if we don't mess with anything else. Now, some of the other things that have happened is everybody's been super exuberant about what their 401k has been doing and what their, what their, uh, what Their stock market accounts have been doing, but but has that been real? I mean, we've seen what Tesla did, we've seen what Amazon has done, we've seen how disconnected these companies have gotten from the actual PE ratios. Right? We've seen that get a little bit hot, we've seen uh, people be prophetic about the market being uh, needing a correction for some time, but we haven't seen that, we haven't heard that in real estate. As far as supply goes, we have heard that maybe we're accelerating our prices too much, but we have been behind the curve because of the Great Recession and, the, and the, the, the houses that were off the market, shadow inventory. We heard that term a lot, right? So the shadow inventory was consumed and then we didn't build like we should have because everybody was living with their parents and two families in a house and just trying to get by. And So here we are, we, we are now behind the eight ball we are trying to catch up with inventories alone. We have a superheated stock market, and then we have a worldwide incident. I'm just going to call it that. I'm not going to get into whether or not it's a pandemic or, or what, because history will tell us that based on how many fatalities we actually have. But Right now, we have a worldwide incident that has shaken the foundation of almost every country in the world. We're having borders closed. We're having all kinds of things. You can, you can watch the negative news if you'd like, or you can realize that stuff's going on and I get it. So back to how that relates to real estate. When things get uncertain, people pause. That pause is, is, is I think, being misinterpreted as doubt or, or as, as the recession grabbing a hold of the real estate market because doubt is normal. Uh, people have doubts all the time. But the reality is when you look at what is going on out there and how things are really happening, it wouldn't matter if you play it by the numbers, but if you, if you look at what it's going to take, it's going to take six months of normal production to swing this pendulum to the positive side of having too much supply. Now, we've already seen a Fed that is really willing to drop rates to consume inventory, or to fuel growth. So if the Fed starts to ease rates rates up, then you're going to see probably a slowdown in the market, but we're not seeing any of these things combine. okay? I talked with a regional builder here, this was years ago, it's probably back in 05 or 06, uh, and I, I think it was, yeah, because we had some rate softening in 06, and, and I, I I talked with him and I asked him, I said, man, these rates going down a quarter, an eighth, you've got to love that. And he said, no, I hate that because everybody is waiting for rates to go down another eighth to catch that extra 50 bucks off their payment. He said, what I like to see is I like to see rates go up because then everybody is hurrying up, signing the contract, locking in, getting in on the deal so that they can have the home at the price they can afford instead of dilly-dallying and, and checking out this one and checking out that one and waiting for the rate to drop some more. So when you look at where we sit today and you look at what is going on and you look at who is causing the issue, the issue is worldwide. It's not something that comes out of the United States like the Great Recession did with the subprime meltdown that then began to affect the rest of the world. This is an exterior force, It's outside the stock market. It's outside the real estate market. And it is a global effect, which means that global things are happening, but it doesn't mean that the global market is having trouble. Okay. You look at what's going on with the stock market and where that's at. Maybe that's a little hot. Maybe it needs to cool down a little bit. Maybe there's some things that should be done different. Uh, Maybe there's a readjustment that's happening. We're down uh, we've, we've, we've been bouncing around all over the place. I don't even know this morning where it's closed down at. I think we're down about 15 or 18%. Uh, I heard yesterday that all the gains from uh, the last f- three years have been uh, erased. And, and, and as far as looking at it globally, it has. There's a lot of things that have done better. There's a lot of things that have done worse. But it often makes me wonder how long can a company that loses massive amounts of money every month like Uber continue to have a great stock price uh, with with losses. So So questions are being asked that should have probably been asked months ago, but people were buying something that they were buying because they thought they could sell it for more, not because it had any value. Now let's look at real estate. Real estate will always have a value. Does it have the value today that it had yesterday? No, hopefully it's gone up. But the reality is scarcity causes that increase in pricing okay if you just look at why housing in the downtown San Francisco market or the downtown New York market is so expensive it's because the scarcity of it is has been there for a while a hundred years ago you probably could have bought that for a song because there wasn't that many of them and it definitely wasn't that compact now you have that scarcity that goes with it so as you continue to see this I would watch people If you're really, truly concerned about a recession happening in the real estate market, your only indicator should be real estate. And the easiest way to find that balance and to see where that real estate problem is going to come from is to look at the supply in your current area and look at the interest rate because the interest rate is going to tell you how many people can afford it. So when you talk about what I mentioned before, a $250,000 loan going from 45 to 8%, that knocks a lot of people out of there because when you look at $1,800, the way that Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac count it, can only be 31% of your income. You took a lot of first-time homebuyers out of the mix. You took a lot of people that were buying that house out of the mix. You took a lot of renters... Uh, out of being able to pay for that. So now you you have to adjust the price if you're not adjusting the interest rate. That's when you're going to see real estate make a correction is when we wind up with an oversupply and we wind up with an interest rate that puts people out of contention to buy that particular property. So when you have that, then you should be looking at what Is going on and should you be aware of what's going to happen next so until those things happen boys and girls ladies and gentlemen let's not rush to the conclusion that real estate is in a recession now let me say that again a different way that maybe you guys can hear me we may be in a recession but that does not mean that real estate is receding in price okay? It definitely does not mean that today real estate is receding in, in scarcity. It is, it is still just as scarce, okay? Uh, receding in scarcity, I guess you would be accelerating. You would be having more supply. There is not more supply. I hear people, I, I get people asking me all the time, is this a good time to, to list my real estate? Is this a good time to put my house on the market? The answer is don't ask me, ask the market. If you thought you had a price in mind last week or last month, list it for that price. When the offer comes in and it's $20,000 low and it's got a coronavirus exclusion on it, then you have a choice to make on what you want to do with your real estate, okay? So at the end of the day, don't ask me. You can look to the indicators. There's still scarcity. It should still sell very quickly, okay? with that coming to a four and a six and an eighth month supply, then we have too much real estate. And that's probably going to be indicative of the interest rates moving because we still need housing units. So if interest rates go up, supply goes up, you won't need to ask me, is now a good time to to put real estate on the market? You'll be able to put it on the market and let it sit there for six to eight months like normal. See, in today's market, I was talking to a realtor the other day, and they said that if a house has been on the market more than 20 days and it's not pending, something's wrong with it. That's the mentality right now. If it's been on the market longer than two weeks and they don't have an offer and they don't have it pending, something's wrong. The reality is, boys and girls, when I grew up uh, and, and started building houses and, and, and started building buildings, stuff was on the market for four or five months. People had open houses all the time trying to generate traffic to get people to look. And you could look for weeks because there was a normal supply of about five to six months. So let's, let's put all this back in, in, in a box and let's pack this up and let's just say all the indicators that are out there do not point to a recession happening in real estate in March. Okay. We're still having houses go out, uh, being listed. We're still having them put under contract. I've talked with local realtors. I've watched uh, national realtors. Houses are still being put under contract. Houses are still closing. Uh, There's there's still robust demand and it's a supply and demand market. Don't let the media tell you that it can't be done because we don't have any demand for it because there is a, a, a boatload of demand. Okay, watch the demand cycle. When you're seeing that creep up two months, three months, four months, now's the time. If you're looking to sell, now is the time to hurry up and get that to market. But currently, we don't have the supply. Interest rates are still low 5%, boys and girls, 5% interest for 30 years. Inflation is hovering around three. So you're making, you're making, you're beating inflation by 2%. It's not. A fantastic uh, proposition for a life insurance company, but it's what they have. So when you look at that, take this advice. Don't ask everybody around you. Don't ask your broke uncle that lives in a, in, a, in a trailer park. Don't ask, and no offense to trailer parks, but don't ask people that don't own real estate. Don't ask people that don't have a house to sell. Ask the market. Go talk to your realtor, look at your tax assessment, see what you feel your house is worth, and then ask the market to validate it. There's people out there that say the universe will tell you what it wants you to do. Well, the real estate market will tell you if you're asking a good price or not. And the reality is you can always do a price adjustment. You can always decline the offer. You can always take it off the market. These are your choices and it costs you nothing because the realtor is not going to ask for anything up front. But I would recommend if your realtor sells you it's worth two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, don't list for two sixty. Listen to them. So, guys, I'm gonna recap. I'm gonna I'm gonna close out for the, this beautiful Saturday. I'm gonna let you get get out there and get your chores done. The market is still great. The supply is limited. The demand is still high, and interest rates are fantastic. We are facing an a worldwide incident that needs to be addressed, and that will address itself in the next 30 days. But there is no need and there is no indication that there is any reason to panic and there is any reason to deal with your real estate any different than you were going to like you were thinking in December of last year. So guys, have a great day. God bless you. Stay safe. Thanks for joining me here on the Robnet Real Estate Rundown.